Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this, the fifth Sunday after the Epiphany. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online with us or on the radio, just a reminder that you can always go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there you will find the bulletin, which is under the resources tab, and you may also find options for giving your offering to the Lord under the give tab. Just a few announcements to share with you before we, we uh, begin worship this morning. Next Sunday, February 12th, Chapel will be hosting our annual marriage anniversary celebration here in the sanctuary. That will start right around 12.30 p.m. We invite all married couples and their families to come and renew their vows and celebrate the gift of marriage that God has given. Uh, on that day, special milestone anniversaries will be highlighted uh, before the service, and then we will enjoy some snacks after the service. And if you have a special wedding photo, we ask you to bring that uh, to, to church with you. We'll display those in, on a table out in the, in the commons area. It's always fun to see those wedding photos. So, and we invite, ask you to invite other people too. There are flyers that you can take and share at the Welcome Center. So there's a little stack over by the TV there. So if you could take one or two and share that with people you know who would like to come to that wedding anniversary service, please do so. So that's next Sunday, February 12th at 1230. One month from yesterday, so that's Saturday, March 4th, is our annual silent auction and trivia night in support of our mission project, projects and mission partners. I'll put that on your calendars and sign up to attend if you could. Please note the announcement that's in the Chapel Weekly, and you can find flyers to promote trivia night and registration forms and volunteer sign-up sheets at the Welcome Center. So please uh, take a look at that. So, but, but certainly put that on your calendar Saturday, March 4th for the auction and trivia night. Our director of the week this weekend is Patrice Skellett. Patrice is standing in the back there. She's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Get to know Patrice as one of your uh, members of the board of directors here at Chapel of the Cross. And our elder for the week this, this weekend is Paul Brahmeyer. He's standing back there too. He also will be greeting you as you leave today. Get to know Paul as one of your elders here at Chapel. God's blessings to you as we worship together. We stand and we share the peace of our Lord with each other, after which we will sing our entrance hymn.
We make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Holy God, gracious Father, I am sinful by nature and have sinned against you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved others as I should. I deserve your punishment both now and forever. But Jesus, my Savior, paid for my sins with his innocent suffering and death. Trusting in him, I pray, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Our gracious Father in heaven has been merciful to us. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, who gave his life as the atoning sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you called us out of darkness into light so that we will show forth your praise in all the world. Shine in our hearts through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated.
The Old Testament reading is from the 58th chapter of Isaiah. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen, only a day for a man to humble himself? Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying on sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen, to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to see the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter when you see the naked to clothe him and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood? Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks. Our psalm of the day is Psalm 112, and we speak it responsively. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who finds great delight in his commands. His children will be mighty in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Even in darkness, light dawns for the upright, for the gracious and compassionate and righteous man. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. He will have no fear of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. His heart is secure. He will have no fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. He has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be lifted high in honor. The wicked man will see and be vexed. He will gnash his teeth and waste away. The longings of the wicked will come to nothing. The epistle is from the second chapter of 1 Corinthians. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, 
as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is the word of the Lord. Faces 
of all the poor and lowly of the world. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, what God has ready for those who love Him, Spirit of love, come give us the mind of Jesus, teach us the wisdom of God. I has not seen, ear has not heard, what God has ready for those who love Him. We stand for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Anyone who breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated as we sing our hymn.
Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Salt and light. That's what Jesus calls you and me in that gospel text in the Sermon on the Mount. Salt and light. In the verses just prior to these, the first 12 verses of Matthew chapter 5, what we call the Beatitudes, Jesus shows that we are uniquely blessed. Oh, our blessed are the poor in spirit. How blessed are those who mourn. How blessed are the weak. Those who hunger after, thirst after, and hunger after righteousness. God blesses us in very, very unique ways. Christian people are very different from the world. But then Jesus says that not only are we blessed, but we are also salt and we are light. So he's showing us that not only are we different, but our uniqueness is meant to make a difference in our world. It's one thing to be different. It's another thing to make a difference. Maybe you're already aware of this. One of the biggest reasons that people give for why they avoid the church is because they don't see what difference the church makes in this world or maybe even in their own lives. Not only that, sometimes it's difficult to distinguish Christians from the rest of the world. And that's very sad. It's sad, but sometimes the life that we live is indistinguishable from how an unbeliever lives. But these salt and light word pictures that Jesus gives to us here in Matthew chapter 5, that doesn't let us get away with that. Because a Christian will think differently, and the Christian will talk differently, and the Christian will act differently. The Christian will relate to other people differently. If we are the salt of the earth, well then this earth must need some preserving and some flavoring. If we're the light of the world, then this world must be a dark place in need of some light. You are salt, Jesus says. You are light, Jesus says. He declares that Christians, that you and I, are salt and light as a fact. That is not some kind of future hope for us. It's the present reality, salt and light. That is who we are. (laughs) What a statement that is. What a declaration. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. That's an incredible statement. Do you know that? You are the light of the world. You're the salt of the earth. It's incredible. Because Jesus is saying that you and me, that that our lives, that life of every Christian, has enormous significance because you are salt and you are light. He is saying that I'm going to do great things in this world through you because you're the salt of the earth. Because you're the light of the world. So that means that your life is so very important, incredibly important, enormously important. But have have you ever thought to yourself, oh, me? (laughs) I mean, I'm not very significant at all. I'm, I'm just a little person. Not very important. Certainly not very significant. I don't make a big difference. I'm just one 
little believer, what difference do I make? Well, let me tell you something. Jesus disagrees with that thought. He says, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. And I am calling you to be the source through which I will bring glory to the Father. That's really what Jesus is saying throughout this Sermon on the Mount. He says, you as as a Christian person are called to live a life that is delightfully different. Not a dark life, but a life full of life and light because you're the light of the world. Not a bland life, but a life full of seasoning and zest because you are the salt of the earth. You are called to live in such a way that you stick out like a city on a hill, like a light put up on a stand, like that dash of salt that seasons and preserves and makes everything better. God is calling you and me to live a significant life that has zeal and zest and appeal through him. Now, is that how people usually talk about religion and faith today? Or have you heard something maybe a little more like this? Oh, religion? Faith? No, that's a personal matter. You, you, you keep that to yourself. I mean, after all, your, your faith, that's a very personal thing. It's, it's private. It really just is between you and God, after all. So you really shouldn't try to impose your beliefs or share them even with anybody else. Now, we hear that all the time, don't we? That faith is really just a private thing, a personal thing. But let me ask you, do you hear that from the Bible? No, we don't. Never. No, I mean, what, what does the Bible say? It is not private, not at all. It's very, very public. You are like a city on a hill. You can't miss it. You're like that light put up on a stand so everybody can see the light. You are the light to the nations. Now, as a little kid, I, I learned a song about that. You probably did too. In fact, um, uh, Ryan Meyer played that for the prelude today. That this little gospel light of mine. Remember that? I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine all the time. Let it shine. That, that's the chorus. First, first. Remember how it goes? Hide it under a bushel. What's the answer to that question? No. You wouldn't do that to the light. You don't hide it under a bushel or anything else. I'm going to let it shine. The next verse, don't let Satan it out. Remember? Oh, the, the, the devil always, desperately wants to blow out that little gospel light. But I'm not going to let him. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine all the time. Let it shine. The next verse, all around the what? The neighborhood, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine all the time. Let it shine. And we would take our finger and do that all around the neighborhood thing as we were singing that verse. And and I know when I was a a little boy that my faith was to shine in my neighborhood, which would be for for me in my cul-de-sac, in my little street. Burning Trail was the name of our little street. So when I went out to play with my buddies on the street, I knew that I was to let my gospel light shine. When I went to play ball in the backyard, I was to be a light of Christ. When I rode my big wheel around that cul-de-sac, I was to let it shine all the time. Let it shine. 
What's your neighborhood? Your street? Where you live and work and play and have friends and have neighbors? Let the light of Christ shine all the time. Let it shine. And you know, when you sing that song or when you hear that song, the mood of that song is not, is not oh, you know, I should let it shine. Or, oh, I have to let it shine. Or, I must let it shine. <laughs> you don't hear that in that song. It's not some kind, of, some, some kind of oppressive commandment for us. No, in that little song, there's this positive enthusiasm for being the light of Christ, for letting that light of Christ in me and in you shine. Now, I know that this might be kind of frightening for us. I mean, after all, we're, we're sinful people. We fall and we fail and we do that a lot. And sometimes, really, we're not the best examples, are we? Even if we're called to be salt and light. And I know that being salt and light, truthfully, that can be a little inconvenient sometimes. Doesn't always fit into the schedule, does it? To be the salt of the earth, to be the light of the world, it's not just a, a one-time action, not just a Sunday morning appearance in worship or Bible class. It's a consistent attitude, a consistent action of a disciple of Jesus Christ. It's our state of being. We are salt. We are light. And in Jesus' call to be the salt of the earth and to be the light of the world, we're called to be concerned called to be concerned for the salvation of the world. Our concern is for the salvation of the people in our community. Our concern is that they know Jesus as their Savior. Our concern is that they know that he went to the cross to pay the penalty for their sin. Our concern is that all people may receive that same eternal blessing from God that we have. And so God calls us to be salty disciples to be bright lights calls us to be bold in proclaiming him to other people he calls us to be salt and light and he calls us because other people's salvation is at stake I know that the Lord gives ample opportunity for us to be salt and light I mean, I don't know where God has placed those people who need the salt and light of the gospel in your life. I mean, it could be anywhere. I mean, it could be in your office or in your neighborhood or in your group of friends or, or maybe even in your family. But you know. You know those people. You know those people who God has put into your life and those people who you know need the gospel. And I, I challenge you to be salt and to be light for them. Jesus says to you, you are the salt of the earth. But you know, if that, if that salt shaker of yours is, is not used, or if the holes on top of the salt shaker are kind of plugged up, well, what good is the salt? I mean, the salt has savor and it's got flavor, but what if it never gets out? You are the light of the world, Jesus says. But if that light is stuck under a bowl or under a bushel, never shines, well, what good is the light? Hide it under a bushel? No. I mean, the light has power to shine the love of Christ. But what if it never gets out? 
Have you noticed how salt must have contact to have impact? I mean, salt, if it stays in the shaker, it's kind of useless. We Christians are kind of like that. To follow Jesus, to do what he has called us to do, we have to make contact. We need to know and to love the people that God has placed all around you and me. Whether it be classmates or neighbors or coworkers or family members. That's why when Jesus prayed the, the night before he died on the cross, he prayed and he assured his Father, as you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. In other words, through them, Father, through these little Christ followers here, with that, I will shake the salt shaker and I will turn on the light for the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. By God's grace, he makes us to be salt and light. By his forgiveness, he gives you a new heart in order to share his love. By his glory, he calls you to be a shaker of salt, to be a beacon of light with that good news that saves. May God bless you in that mission that he has given all of us. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Salt and light. That is what we are. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our common Christian faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. You find that on page 9 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord.
we stand for prayer. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. In your great love, O Lord, you invite us to bring our prayers and our petitions before your throne. We do so not because we are worthy, but at your command and at your promise to listen. Listen, we pray to the words of our lips and to the prayers of our hearts, for we come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let your power be made known, O God, before all the people of the world. We pray that you would waken in the leaders of nations a sense of justice and mercy. We pray that you would waken in the hearts of business leaders and consumers a respect for the resources that you have entrusted to us and a sense of sharing those resources with those who have little. Help us to be satisfied with the things that you provide to meet our needs and to set aside our greed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You have assured us of the forgiveness of our sins for the sake of Jesus Christ. Strengthen our faith that we may receive that forgiveness with believing hearts and empower us by your Holy Spirit to do the works of light rather than the works of darkness. Give us boldness to proclaim the message of the forgiveness of sins and new life in Jesus Christ to all who still sit in the darkness of sin. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, give to those who suffer for the sake of your name and to those threatened by, with martyrdom the courage of your good spirit and the strength to be steadfast in the hour of trial. Deliver us from all temptation to compromise your truth or to depart from your word. And we ask, Lord, that you would bless the work of our call committee here at Chapel of the Cross, especially as associate pastor candidates are interviewed this week. Continue to lead, to guide, and to bless us as your church. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. As we celebrate Black History Month during this month of February, we remember and we give thanks, Lord, especially for faithful African Americans who have inspired us and have had a positive impact on our lives. We praise you, Lord, for guiding us through their example and for their gifts and love shared with us. Open our hearts, Lord, so that we work toward justice, equality, and a world of peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Give your blessing, Lord, to the home, to husbands and wives, and to the children in their care. Guide them to serve each other in love and make their homes places of blessing and peace where your word is spoken, forgiveness is shown, and love is demonstrated in word and in deed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Keep us safe in our life's journey, O Lord. We pray especially for those who are hurting and in need of your special grace, including Willie Ball, Tracy Ball, and Jaden Johnson as he continues to recover. We pray also for others who are ill or infirm or homebound, loved ones, friends, and family members during this time of silent prayer. According to your will, Lord, deliver them from their afflictions, sustain them in their struggles, and give them patience in their adversities. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing together our recessional hymn, Thy Strong Word.